0: So I just want to jump right in this week and kind of take a step where he left off at last week. What I want to talk to you about today is I wanted to talk to you about the ripple effect of your decisions. Your decisions. Did you know that every decision that you make is powerful? Every decision. Every decision that you make has a ripple effect. That goes for good decisions, thank God. Unfortunately, that also goes for bad decisions. In fact, you know, so that also goes for indecision. That all has a rippling effect. All of these decisions that we make every day, they set off a chain reaction in our life. They, they have a multiplying effect in our life. Our family was in Hawaii over the summer for vacation, and I remember it was our last morning. It was Friday morning, and... Sonny and I were having breakfast, and the waitress, we happened to start a conversation with her, and we're talking with her, and she also had a second job where she served as a, a hotel concierge um, in the evenings, and so she said, um, we got to talking with her, told her this is our last day here, unfortunately, we're leaving tomorrow, you know how that last day of vacation, you're just trying to soak it up, you know, tomorrow, you're going back home, and so we were telling this, and she said, she looked at me, she said, oh, you are so lucky. I said, really, why is that? She said there is a storm that is coming in tomorrow. And I mean, granted, it was this beautiful, balmy, tropical Hawaii day. We'd had beautiful weather all week. And uh, she said, yeah, she said, there's a storm that's scheduled to arrive tomorrow. She said, this storm originated in Japan. If you don't know, this, Japan's about 4,000 miles away from Hawaii. She said, so all week, she said it's been coming across the Pacific Ocean and is scheduled to arrive and hit landfall tomorrow morning. She said, "You guys are so lucky; you're leaving just in time." Well, I was thankful for that, but I got to thinking. I thought to thinking about storms in our life that hit. That the truth is, some of the storms in our life are because of decisions that we made yesterday, decisions that we made last week that we're just feeling the consequences of those. Some of us are in storms today because of decisions that we made years ago. In fact, let me take it a little step further today. Some of us today are in storms in our life because of decisions that were made generations ago. Yeah, I'm talking about your parents or your parents' parents that made decisions. Remember, every decision that we make has a rippling effect. And you can feel it sometimes rippling even generations later. So it may not have been 4,000 miles ago, but it may have been 40, 60, 80, 100 years ago. Decisions that were being made that had a chain reaction that was set off in your family. And you are feeling the effects of that storm today. Every action has a reaction. Every choice has a set of consequences that accompanies it. Every, every, Every decision has long-lasting, far-reaching implications. I remember when I was younger, someone told me, they said, Donnie, they said, think of every action in your life as like a seed. Every action, every choice, every decision in your life is like a seed. You plant that seed, and what we know about seeds is seeds always produce a harvest. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about decisions having a ripple effect in your life in generations to follow those decisions, those actions, those choices are a seed that you are planting every day that one day may not be in your lifetime. It may be in the next generation. It may be in generations to follow, but they're going to produce a harvest. And I want us to I want us to maybe reframe our context for how we make decisions in our life, in our in our Western world, especially we, we tend to think about just the here and now, the immediate effects of the choice. We make decisions based on how it's going to immediately affect us, affect my family, affect just my immediate surrounding. And so because of that, consequently, most people will overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. We have short sighted thinking. It's the popcorn generation. want everything right now. We're only looking for the immediate results, but I want to give you a new way of thinking today. In fact, I want to show you a way that God thinks. God doesn't think that way. God, in fact, thinks generationally. In fact, one of the first times we see God referenced to and towards is in the Old Testament. He's referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a multi-generational God. This is the way that God thinks. Let me give you an example. In second Kings chapter 10, verse 30, the Lord said to Jehu, who was the current King of Israel at the time, he said, because you have done well in what is doing right in my sight, because you've made some good choices, you've made some good decisions, you've done to the house of Ahab, all that was in my heart. Watch this. This is the way that God thinks your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation This is the way God thinks. God thinks generationally. And so the decision that Jehu made to live according to God's ways, he ended up actually destroying the idolatrous worship during this era of the children of Israel because he had done to the house of Ahab all that was in God's heart, the generate the blessings of God would be passed down to the fourth generation because of this decision, because of these choices that Jehu had made. Elevation Worship has a song out. It's called The Blessing. And I, I love this song. The lyrics of the of the song says, and his favor will be upon you. And a thousand generations. And your family and your children and their children. And their. this is the way that God thinks. God thinks generationally. Your decisions are affecting generations to Come, this is so powerful. This is the ripple effect of our choices. Proverbs, this book of practical wisdom with how to live our life. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. This verse is is, is a verse that keeps our life goals, our vision, our legacy front and center when we're choosing how to use our money today. When we weigh what we want now. Against what we really want later, we realize how temporary satisfaction pales in comparison to a legacy of purpose and generational fulfillment. And So Proverbs is filled with this type of thinking that when you're thinking about your finance, you're not just thinking about your immediate needs. You're not even thinking about just necessarily even just saving up enough money for you and investing in a way that would benefit you when you get older and you're able to retire. You start thinking about your children. This is God's way of thinking. You start thinking, if you haven't, if you're not thinking this way, I'm gonna challenge you to do this. You start thinking not just about your children. You start thinking about generations down the line. And you start making decisions in that frame of context. Is this making sense today? I'm talking about the rippling effect of your decision, the chain reaction. I want you to know that every decision you're making every single day has long-lasting far-reaching impacts, even for generations to come. I was studying Warren Buffett this week, and I didn't realize that he had an autobiography that had already been written about him. And it's no coincidence that the authorized biography of Warren Buffett's called The Snowball. And I think few people understood exponential growth better than Warren Buffett. One of his mantras in life that he lived by was that the most powerful force in the world is compound interest. And so he's learned to manage his wealth, he's accumulated, he's one of the richest men in the world. He's accumulated massive amounts of wealth because he understood the snowball effect in life when it came to his finance. He realized that if he invested in his money would earn interest, and the interest on that money would earn interest, and he actually, they called his biography The Snowball because he believed this about finances is that it was like a snowball. You ever built a, went to the top of a hill in the middle of the snow? And you start this little snowball, and you start rolling it downhill, right? And with each cycle, each rotation, what? It's, it's compounding, and it's adding more to it. By the time that little snowball, it started out as a little snowball, gets to the bottom of that hill, it's this giant snowball. It's called the compound effect. And I want you to know our decisions are like that. The choices that you're making every day are like that. They may seem like they have small, insignificant consequences, but every day over and over repeatedly, this is what success is. Success is really the sum. Your life is really the sum of all your choices. And so success is the repeating of every day things, consistency over and over and over again. And what you do to it's a snowball effect. And you look back in your life and you're like, wow, look, look, what, look what I've amassed in my life, whether that's good or bad. It's the consequence. It's the result of this compounding effect like a snowball. And the good news is, is that just like our decisions can cause a ripple effect that leads to storms in our lives, we can make decisions that set off a positive ripple effect that makes our lives even better, that can make a better life for our children and even better life for our children's I'm going to take you to a story in the Old Testament today. It's the story of the people of God. It's during a time known as the Exodus when God miraculously delivered them out of bondage from Egypt. They were slaves. They were in bondage there. And God miraculously delivers them out of Egypt. On their way out, they come up against the Red Sea. And so at one point in their Exodus out of Egypt, they're surrounded by mountains. They've got the Egyptian army behind them. And in front of them is the Red Sea. So they come to this impasse in life. And God miraculously opens up. It's one of the most miraculous stories in all the Bible. They did a movie about it. And he miraculously opens up the Red Sea, parts the Red Sea, literally parts the Red Sea. And the children of Israel walk through the Red Sea on dry ground. And notice in life, sometimes this is how God works. God will miraculously part the Red Sea in your life. Open up the Red Sea so you can walk through on dry land. But what I've discovered in my life is most of the time it requires some form of action on my part before the Red Sea parts. And so the the part of the story of the children of Israel I want to focus on today is when the children of Israel, they've already been, they've already walked to the Red Sea. They're, They're on dry land. Behind them, God has closed up the seas, destroyed the Egyptian army. And then the children of Israel... They wander for the next 40 years. They're disobedient to God. They lose faith in God. God had just done this miraculous wonder in them. They didn't have the faith to believe that God could destroy the enemies that inhabited the promised land, the land of Canaan, that God had ultimately promised them. And so for 40 years, some people that believe that the Bible, 40 years represents a generation, at least one, maybe two. So for an entire generation, because of their decision to not trust God, to believe God for the promised land that he'd already promised them. Because of that, they wandered around for an entire generation. Remember, our, our choices affect generations. And so an entire generation wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness, never having received or inherited the promised land that God had given. So that's why I want to pick up in the story. It's in Joshua chapter three. And so now that God's people, they've got a new leader, Joshua. He's like the second generation leaders. They're coming out of the Exodus. And I want you to notice the way that God takes them through another body of water to ultimately get to the promised land. This time they're camped right on the side, on the banks of the Jordan River. Again, they've got to go through the Jordan River to get to the promised land. But this time God does something different. Joshua chapter three, verse five. God, Joshua tells the people, I want you to consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. See, because sometimes it's the decisions today. God's calling us to make choices, decisions. Maybe God's called you to a season of consecrating yourself today because that's going to affect what happens tomorrow. So he said, I want you to consecrate yourself today because tomorrow God's about to do some amazing things among you, skip down to verse eight. He says, "I want you to tell the priest who carried the ark of the covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan waters. I want you to go and I want you to stand in the river." And I remember the previous generation; it was like Moses had a magic wand. Imagine think of it like that. And he he snaps the water, the water parts, and they walk through. But this time, God says things are going to be a little bit different. I'm going to require you to make a decision, to make a choice. And so He says, when The priests that are carrying the ark, when they come up to the water, it's not just going to miraculously part. I want them to go and I want them to stand in the river. Skip down to verse 13. As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, the water flowing downstream will be cut off and it will stand in a heap. You talk about a ripple effect of one decision. One choice when you step into the Jordan River, the priests that are leading the march, they're carrying the Ark of the Lord. When you make that step into the waters, there is going to be a ripple effect. In fact, all the way downstream to the place where they could ultimately cross over the Jordan River. He said the walls were going to rise up like a heap and it was going to pave the way for them to walk through on dry line. I want to tell somebody today that you have the ability to make decisions. That have a rippling effect to cause a wall to rise up and to pave the way for generations to follow your life. That is how powerful your decision. This is what God was teaching the children of Israel: the power of a decision, the power of the choice to obey God. God's gonna call some of you today to make a choice. To make a decision. You may not realize how significant it, but it literally will have the power. To pave the way, not just for your future, but the future of generations to to come. So I want to show you today three ways in which you can cause a positive ripple effect to come into your family. The first one is, if you're taking notes, just write these down. The first one is you've got to break the chain. You've got to break the chain. Now, remember, prior to this act by the priests, the people of God, they've been experiencing the result of a negative ripple effect. An entire generation had a negative ripple effect because they refused to obey God, to trust God. And so as a result, God caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. You talk about a big negative ripple effect, right? A decision that literally had consequences for 40 years for the people. you think, oh, it's just no big deal if God calls you to do something and you don't do it. I'm not going to do it this time. We're not going to do it at this time. You don't realize there are consequences to your choices. There are long lasting, far reaching implications to the decisions that you are making. And so when the priests step into that river, I want you to catch this in obedience to God. They were breaking the chain, which had started with the disobedience to the Lord that had occurred 40 years before. You've got to break. The chain. I remember Sonia and I. We had just we had just first planted the church in the very first year of planting the church, planted our first church in Rancho Cucamonga, and I remember in that first year, it was in November of that year, we were inviting people. You know, it was, just, it was literally Sonya and I. We had two little kids at the time, and we're trying to invite people. We're trying to get make awareness in the community that our church is here. We're trying to bring people to Jesus. And so, in November of that year, we did a series for the month of November. We called it November to Remember. And we did crazy things every, I'm not going to lie, some of it was just kind of gimmicky. We were just trying to get word out. There's a new church in this city and trying to get visibility and publicity about our church. And so in the third week, what we had planned in the third week of that series, November to remember. Anybody remember uh, America's Got Talent, the kinetic king? Ever seen the kinetic king? I got here. I think I got a quick video. Check this video out real quick. One, nine. You remember this? And so if I remember, he became one of the finalists that year for America's Got Talent. So we had this this great idea. What we were going to do is we were going to invite him to come to the church. And we were going to have him set up his whole stage just like that. Set up the whole stage just like that. And he was showing the power, like, you know, just want the domino effect. And we were were, kind of talking about decisions, kind of like we're doing today. And so we invited him to come. And so he comes in. He flies in on Friday. And all day Saturday, we had a stage about maybe about three quarters the size of the stage. All day on Saturday, he sets up the entire stage like exactly like you see in the video. Well, that weekend, we also had a guest worship leader that was coming in for the weekend. He was kind of a heavyset guy. And he came in, so all day Saturday, the Kinetic King sets up this extravagant setup, right? Ready for the people on Sunday morning. We've invited people, we've sent flyers out, we went out, we're knocking on doors, passing out flyers, inviting people, expecting people to come. And Saturday night, they decided to have rehearsal for the worship team. And so he's up there and he's leading worship and they had it, he had it set up where when he was going to pull that first domino is right at the front of the stage to give this a great effect. And so this worship leader, he's kind of worship. Well, I guess he started to get kind of excited about the song. He like he steps down, he kind of jumps for a minute. And you can imagine what happened. Kinetic King had just spent about eight hours setting up the entire and with one motion. He ruined his entire, this extravagant setup. I mean, literally, it was like watching a house go up in flames. And it was, I remember the kinetic king, he was off right about here on the side of the stage when it happened. He was within a couple of feet. And there, and I watched him, and he, I watched him, he put his hands on his head. Just like this. He was, in, he was in shock. He was in disbelief. He was paralyzed at what was happening to this extravagant display that he was supposed to show off tomorrow morning. I thought about this is our life is like this. It's this domino effect. And, and I was, as I was watching right when it finally had kind of like everything finished, I, I thought to myself, and I didn't want to say this, cause this man was like, he was devastated, but I was thinking if he would have just jumped up on stage, cause he knew, he knew the route of that entire, and if he would have gotten, just stopped at maybe a few layers in, it would have been a lot easier to rebuild that extravagant setup and be able to be set up. Tomorrow, I was thinking about our lives like that sometimes. Again, there are decisions that have been made in generations past that we have felt the domino effect. And they from one generation to the next, and from that generation to the next generation, at some point, somebody has to be the stopgap. Somebody's got to break the cycle, I think about generational poverty and how when you think about extreme poverty, you think about generational poverty, right? You think about poverty that started with, with their parents and then it's passed down to kids and it's, and it's, it's cyclical and you watch it. And it's, and it's not that there's not enough resources in the world. Contrary to what you may believe this morning, that's not the that's not the root cause of generational poverty. In fact, I was reading articles on this week. Generational poverty persists mostly because of internal psychological factors. It's a combination of hopelessness, scarcity, mindset, toxic stress. In fact, one article I was reading said hopelessness is the key factor in creating the cycle from one generation to the next. Without hope and the belief that life can be better, the motivation and energy needed to break the cycle are very low. Some of you today are experiencing generational curses that have been passed down from one. And it's just like the domino effect. And it just continues at some point. At some point, somebody's got to break the cycle. And that cycle for most of it is this. I'm not just talking just generational poverty. I'm talking about any other generational curses that you may be dealing with today. It starts in the battle is actually happening in The mind, Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, he says, we don't struggle against flesh and blood. We struggle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are spiritual curses that have been passed down, that have taken root in some of your minds at some point. If you don't stop the cycle, they'll be passed down to the next generation And the next generation I don't know about you, but I want to stop some of the cycles and the generational curses. I want them to end with me. I don't want my kids to have to deal with some of the things that have been passed down in my life. So Paul says the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, watch this, divine power to demolish strongholds. He's talking about strongholds in your mind. somebody has got to stop standing around in dismay. I'm like, oh my God, look what keeps happening. Look what keeps being passed down from generation to generation. And you're standing there and you're paralyzed. Somebody needs to get in there and put a stop gap, pull some of the dominoes aside and say it stops with (laughs) me. The greatest stop block, obviously, was Jesus. Did you know that you talk about generational curses? that have been passed down, if you really trace it all back to the origin, it's when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. One decision to disobey God. Oh, pastor, you don't realize it's just just a one-night thing. It's just one bad decision. And you, you you, you take your decisions so carelessly, your choices so, oh, it's not a big deal. That's what Adam and Eve probably thought that day, and realized it was going to send a rippling effect for thousands and thousands of years of generational sins that will be passed down from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next, until finally, God decides, "I am going to put a stopgap to sin." He comes in the form of the man Jesus. Romans says it like this: Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemn- condemnation for everyone, but. Christ, one, just one. I'm talking about the power of just one decision, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Anybody thankful that one day you made one decision? Come on, somebody, you made one decision that set off a rippling effect in your life. You know what that one decision for us is today? It's called repentance. It's where we literally come, we And we apologize to God for the sins of our life. And we turn our life's direction from going away from God to going towards God. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You made that decision. You know what it did? It set off a domino effect in your life. And where there was generational curses, now there are generational blessings. Where there was generational sin, now you've been redeemed. You've been delivered by the power of God. And you're watching generations now coming out of your life. Because of one decision you've got to break got to break the chain so what decision do you need to do today to break the chain think about that number 2 the second thing you have to do to create a positive ripple effect is you've got to remove the past the people of Israel who wound up escaping Egypt they were born into slavery and so they had been programmed they learned that it was better to comply, that it was better to be safe than risky because that's what the condition of slavery had taught them. But even after God miraculously walks them through the Red Sea and on the other side to dry ground, eliminates their enemies, even when they were free, they continued to behave as slaves. They continued to live in fear. They had a hard time moving beyond their past. I know I'm talking today to some people that are having a hard time moving beyond your past. Past. Some of you are not able to make decisions that will have a positive ripple effect for you and for others because of trauma from your past. And I don't mean just maybe not just your immediate past. Again, this may be things that have been passed. Do you know we have the ability to pass down generational trauma through our DNA physically into the next generation? And that's what some of you today, you're having trouble making decisions to start a new ripple effect in your life. And why? It's because you're living with the trauma of the past. And it snowballs, just compounded generation after generation. This is why when you go to the doctor, you know what's one of the first things they ask you? They ask you about your family history. Even physically, they ask, they ask you, you, is mental health issues run in your family? Does cancer run in your... Why? Because it's prone to repeat itself. Does this make sense this morning? So mental health, I'm I'm talking physical illness. I'm talking addiction. Some of you today, you're dealing with addictions and it's been passed down from generation. You've got to. It's not just about breaking the cycle. There was an entire generation. They broke the cycle, but they never entered into the promised land because they couldn't remove the past. They chose chose to live like slaves. I love the song they sang a minute ago that we are no longer slaves. Some of you need a mindset shift today and it's gonna happen by you removing the past. I love this. God gives us this opportunity to do this. God gives us like the ability to reset. So watch the children of Israel. Part of, one of the reasons why they went through the Red Sea, that was actually a form of baptism. It was typology of baptism in the Old Testament into the New Testament. You watch as they go through the Red Sea, the waters crash back down on their enemies. What was God doing? God was eliminating their enemies, and then God is going to take them through another body of water, the Jordan River, right? We just read about this a moment ago. Again, another form of baptism. This is what baptism offers us today is the ability to remove the past. We have Baptism Sunday coming up next Sunday, and we make a big deal about baptisms because baptism is not, to you, it may look like somebody just getting dunked in the water and come up, but there's a spiritual operation that happens during baptism, and it is literally... It is removing the past. This is like God's reset button. You want to start over. You want to go forward. You don't want to be held back by all the past trauma, by all the all the past hurt, all the past sin, all the past shame, and all the past guilt. And God gives us this reset button through baptism. Watch, watch Colossians. Watch how Colossians describes it. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Thank God. But he says the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. That's so powerful. Let me show you in just a second. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So again, the children of Israel, they walk through the water, the water Again, they walk through the Jordan River, it collapses behind. This is all symbolic and typology of baptism. Now, today, when we are buried with Christ, you're literally buried in water, and you come up. You know what it is? There's a spiritual, Colossians, there's a spiritual operation. So in the Old Testament, it was circumcision it was cutting off of the flesh. In the New Testament, there's another circumcision that we have and is literally cutting off. Oh my God, somebody's got to get this this morning. It is cutting off the sense. Some of you have things in your past right now that are holding you back from going forward, from setting a positive ripple effect that will last for generations. We've, I encourage you, if you've never been baptized... Maybe you were baptized as a baby. You need to make a conscious decision to give your life to God and to follow in obedience through baptism. I'm telling you, this is your opportunity to remove the sinful nature, to get rid of the past, the things that are holding you back from experiencing a ripple effect of positive change in your life. In verse 15, he says in this way, he disarmed. Here it is again. Remember this. We just talked about the battle that goes on in our mind, the spiritual strongholds in our mind. Watch what happens at baptism. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on a cross. Just one decision. One decision. One decision to break the chain. One decision that removes the past from our our lives. I want to ask you, what aspects of your past do you need to remove today? By faith in Jesus, you can decide to remove your past and become brand new. You can literally, I watch, I watch this happen time after time. People get baptized. You talk to people that have been baptized. They come up out of the water. It's like, oh my God. You thought they just got dunked in this body of water, but you watch them come up and their eyes light up. There's this joy and you don't know, but that decision, that one decision sets off a ripple effect in their life. And I watch it next thing you know, their kids are coming to God, their aunties, their uncles, their ninas and whatever they whatever they all of them, all their family. It's this ripple effect in there. I'm telling you, this is the opportunity you have with one decision to give your life to Christ, to go down in the waters of baptism, to remove the past and set off a chain reaction in your life. The third thing, last thing, is you have to take a step. You have to take the step. I was going to call this last, this last point, get your feet wet. Because this is exactly, remember the first time, it was like Moses had the magical wand, boom, Red Sea Parts walked through. But this time, God was trying to show the children of Israel the power of their decisions, the power of their choice. That one choice could send a ripple effect in their life. And so, again, go back to our original text. Nothing happened. Nothing happened until the priest took that step. But when they did, the ripple effect, as soon as the priest, this is so powerful. Watch this. As soon as the priest who carried the Ark of the Lord, Lord of all the earth, as soon as they set their foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream were cut off. And they stood up. So just picture this with me. You're standing in front of this massive body of water. And you finally take the step of obedience to God. One decision, one choice. You make that decision. You make that choice. And you watch as literally it sends off this ripple effect. You see water just start to form a wall all the way downstream. So that the people could follow through on dry ground. What I'm telling you today is you have to take steps. See, we all want the supernatural in our life. Who doesn't want to see a positive ripple effect happen in our life? But the truth is, it requires a natural step by you. It requires you doing the natural, God supplying the supernatural, and then you have a super culmination of supernatural effect in your life. So I want to ask somebody today, what is the step that God's calling you to take? I told you in the beginning, God was going to speak to you today to take a step. And he's speaking to you today. And you're wanting a positive ripple effect. I know this. I believe this. I know some of you right now, you're wanting to break generational curses, break generational sins. You want to set a new precedent in your family. You want things to stop here. You don't want to pass down the trauma, the hurt, the pain that you had come into your life. You don't want your kids to experience. You want a better life for you, a better life for your family, a better life for the future. God just says, You first got to take a step. So what's the step that God's calling you to take today? Listen, I'm, I'm sharing this sermon with you today. And it's not just because I've read the story of the exodus of the children of Israel. And I'm very familiar with what happened. That's not why I can speak to you to such authority today. Although the word of God stands on its own. The reason I can speak to you with such authority about what I'm telling you today that this works is because this is what I've experienced in my life. My, my parents are first-generation Christians. And about 45 years ago, they each just made one choice, one decision. First-generation Christians. If I was to say, I don't have time to tell you today. If I went back into my family's genealogy and describe you the horrific pain and trauma, sin, and generational curses on both sides of my family that had been passed down from generation to generation to generation. That's where some of you are at today. But 40-something years ago, my parents both individually at separate places, separate times, they just made one decision. They decided I'm going to break the chain. And they made a decision to repent before God, to accept Jesus into their life. They got baptized, completely surrendered their life to Jesus. And now, and now it's not just that their lives are blessed. They're living beautiful, blessed lives today, but their children, I got myself, I got three siblings and I've seen the ripple effect in our lives. I know the lives that we're living, the blessings of life that we have experienced from one it goes, it's already is going further. I've got kids. I've got 17 to 14 year old kids today. They don't know. They don't know the generational trauma that my family, my parents and their parents and parents had to deal with. They don't have the generational sins that have wreaked havoc on their until, listen to me, somebody today. Listen to me. One decision, one choice, the decisions you make today. The choices you make today have consequences. The decisions that you're making right now, the decision that God's asking you to make right now is going to have an impact for generations to come. One choice. It's just the decision that God's telling you to make today. It's just the step that God's saying that you're supposed to take today. It's your step. I don't know. And if, if we might all have different steps that God's calling us today, today. And it'd be so easy to take it so lightly today and be like, well... I'll choose that another day. I'll make that decision another time. You don't realize today that decision could set off a chain reaction in your life. Remember, God thinks generation. I'm talking about decisions today that are going to affect this next generation, the second generation, the third generation, the fourth generation. It could happen right now in this moment. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never repented of your sins and turned from walking away from God to walking towards God. Maybe you've never made that decision. I'm telling you today, oh my God, you don't realize, you don't realize the impact of that one decision. Maybe God's calling you to take the next step in your faith and baptism. And you feel that today. You know God strongly. I feel like today God's calling people right now to take the step of baptism next week. And you're so tempted to put it off like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I can do that another time. No, you can't put it off. You don't know the ripple effect. You don't know the chain reaction. It's going to come out of just that one decision. Stand with me today. Until you step into the water, the sea's never going to part. I just wonder, I wonder what miraculous generational blessings Are waiting to happen from just one decision. Just picture with me. Close your eyes, just picture with me. The children of Israel being led by the priest, the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And they get to the water. And it may it seems crazy. Like you really want me to just start walking in this water and just gonna miraculously part? They had never seen that before. All they'd experienced the miraculous from God. And they had a decision that day. the chance for them to experience the promised land, land of Canaan that God had promised them all hinged on just one step, one step, because as soon as their feet hit the water, some of you next week, it's going to be as soon as your feet hit the waters of baptism, literally, it's going to set off a ripple effect in your life. Come on, what is God calling you to do? What's the decision God's asking you to make right now? What's the next step that God's been, and you've been, you've been struggling with it, you've been wrestling with it, you've been hesitating. And God's just saying, you, you gotta get your feet wet. You gotta take the next step. Here's somebody. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you a minute here because I feel like right now, God's calling you to make a decision. Our worship team's gonna come and we're gonna close out with a worship song. And I want you right now, wherever you're at, to say yes to God to say yes to the next step that God's calling you. I want you to get your feet wet today. It may not make sense. It may seem like it's crazy. I just want you to be obedient to whatever God's calling you to do. Right now, the Holy Spirit is inviting you to take the next step. Right now, he's calling you. You can feel him pulling on your heart right now. You have a decision today to make. It's gonna change the trajectory of your entire future. Come on, close your eyes. Father, right now, whatever you're speaking to us. Come on, somebody just say yes to God right now. Somebody surrender your life right now for the first time to Jesus. Say, God, I'm giving my life to you. I'm repenting. I'm turning away from the course that I've took with my life and I'm heading back towards you. Somebody right now that God's calling you to take the seven baptism, make up your mind right now. Come on, just make up, God, I'm I'm gonna take this next step. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do right now as we sing this last worship song, I want you to just have a moment with you and God right now and give you the opportunity to step your feet into the water.